Welcome to the Musician's Venture Podcast. This is a podcast focused on lessons learned from musicians' backstories, as well as from building successful careers in the music business. My name is Nick O'Brien, and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events that Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. On occasion, I'll be joined by Allison M., the founder of Wisconsin Music Ventures, as she and I will dive into topics relevant to the music industry. So let's get down to business. Hey there, everyone. It's Nick O'Brien, and welcome to this week's episode of the Musicians Venture Podcast. This episode features an interview with Mike Christian, who is a nonprofit organization founder of the Hometown Foundation and Homegrown Music, which are both based in West Bend, Wisconsin. The Hometown Foundation's mission is to raise contributions and awareness through various community events in Washington County, Wisconsin, with the sole purpose of assisting those in need. Homegrown Music, which operates under the Hometown Foundation umbrella, supports local musicians and songwriters in southeastern Wisconsin. Homegrown Music provides venues, gigs, and sponsors for original music, and the organization also runs the annual Homegrown Music Festival. The festival showcases Wisconsin-based original music and happens in early July each year in West Bend. In 2023, the festival will happen for its eighth time. Throughout our conversation, Mike explains his ties to the West Bend area, his path to running a restaurant there, and how he got involved in the community before starting Homegrown. He tells a story about how the experience of writing his first song and starting a band serendipitously led to the start of the Homegrown Music Festival. Mike shares his perspective on supporting original music and why the festival focuses on showcasing original artists and bands. We talk about how the festival has evolved since its humble beginnings and how the attendance and the financial support has grown. Mike explains what other events and services that Homegrown Music provides to the West Bend community and reveals that they're actually adding two more festivals to the 2023 calendar. He reflects on what he's learned from the experience of running Homegrown Music and his philosophy for treating musicians well. Mike shares some advice for how to go about starting something like the Homegrown Music Festival in your own community, and he also shares the lineup for 2023's Homegrown Music Festival, which will be on Sunday, July 9th. Mike clearly has a strong passion for helping those in need, and he absolutely loves showcasing Wisconsin music as part of he and his team's efforts. He believes that music is a strong asset for bringing people together for a good cause and building community. Now, being someone who shares that same belief, I really enjoyed the chance to meet and talk with Mike, and I hope you enjoy our conversation too. Mike, so uh, thanks for joining me here. Uh, Mike and I are actually sitting in Wisconsin Music Ventures' new office um, out in the uh, Mayfair Collection at the expansive uh, workspace in, in Wauwatosa. Uh, so yeah, Mike, thanks for making the trip down from Washington County to sit down with me and, uh, and talk about the hometown foundation, homegrown music, and all of that. Appreciate you being here, man. Yeah, Nick, thanks for having me. All the way from one county north. Yeah, 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 down. But I'd never been to a shared space before, a work worker space or whatever they these are called. So really interesting. Um, I think a wonderful use of space, and especially in this day and age with the way the business climate is, and people, you know, needing meeting locations and meeting spaces and whatever is just really a great use of space. So I'm, I'm excited to be utilizing a place like this. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I, I, I appreciate that, uh, 
not only are we getting the chance to have this conversation, but it's exposing you to, uh, you know, to a workspace <laughs> right. like that. But kind of a, this is big city stuff for me. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike, you came, you mentioned, you know, you come down from, um, from West Bend, which is in Washington County. Um, and that's where the hometown foundation was founded and headquartered as well as the site of the homegrown music festival, which happens, uh, every year. Uh, which we'll talk more about for sure but just to start like what is your what is your tie to west bend and washington county did you you grew up there have you, have you just been there a long time kind of tell me the story of why west bend you need know, it, it everything it, it works out it, for a reason right and things just kind of no matter what your mapping looks like or what your what your thoughts are where you're gonna be you end up where you end up because for a reason. I grew up in Mayville, which is in Dodge County, uh, one county to the west of Washington County. So, very, very, re fairly regional um, for me. So, not too far away. Um, I had worked as a high school kid in a in a local restaurant. Uh, one of the chefs there was uh, from West Bend. Uh, he ended up becoming the head chef there. And uh, during that time, I developed a really good relationship with him. He he appreciated my work ethic. He liked the way that I was creative and 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 willing to to do the work of a dishwasher prep cook. And he just hadn't seen that very often. Um, so over the years, after I moved away out of high school, I went to school in Madison. Um, had been in touch with him, and he was urging me to get back into the restaurant business. Uh, pretty heavily because he thought that he saw some real potential uh, for me in that direction. And I wasn't convinced that I wanted to be in the restaurant business okay. my whole life. Not at all. Uh, it was fun. There's some definitely some things about it that are great. But um, it, it, after I was done spending over three years in a two-year program at Marie Park in their Madison Area Technical College, um, I really didn't have a plan. So he did talk me into joining him to help him run a restaurant, uh, in, o in Okachi actually down Okachi Lake. And, um, we did that for about a year. And then after that, he had an opportunity, uh, with an investor to buy a business in West Bend. And so he took me under his wing, uh, another partner of ours, uh, joined him. And uh, we three opened a restaurant in West Bend. I was 21 years old at the time. Uh, this is early 2000s. And I found myself in West Bend. And I did have some family history from West Bend. My great-great-grandparents lived in around Big Cedar Lake or Little Cedar Lake in West Bend. And um, I got old West Bend High School uh, yearbooks that have my great-grandmother in and stuff. So... West Bend is, I I guess, maybe part of the destiny. Yeah, man, that sounds awesome. Like, <laughs> so cool story. You, you do just kind of end up where you end up, and um, seems like from you or from from what I've heard from you so far, it's just that you know we we often end up in places because of of work, right? There's opportunity there for for a career, and it seems like that's kind of what the catalyst was for you. But I'm assuming that uh, your your continued residence in West Bend has a lot to do with 
um, something that doesn't necessarily have to do with your career at all, which is the connection of people and relationships there. I'm, a, I'm always a huge advocate in my line of work for, you know, relationships that you have that, that, that exist with people in your city are usually the number one asset as to why you're there or you're still there or you come there or whatever it may be. Um, and I would imagine that's the same for you. Like, Right. I think that's fair. I, probably more accurate than even fair. Um, you know, there's, I have a lot of love for my hometown of Mayville. It's a small little kind of bedroom community, not a whole lot happening, very simple. Um, and there's no doubt that I could do that tomorrow if that's where I was at and I had to be into that situation again. But, uh, West Bend does provide, um, a lot of really positive things that you don't get in a really small town. West Bend isn't a big town by any means, you know, it's, but it's, it's like the right size for me. Yeah. I, I get, I get a little anxious when I get down towards this part of the, <laughs> but, and that's why like, even this workspace thing is, is new to me. That's really cool. And I, I love the idea of it. I just, we don't have things like that where I'm from Yeah, in the small towns. Uh, West Bend quickly, uh, grew on me. I didn't know much about West Bend. In fact, when I, when I moved there, but it, it turns out there's this really great little downtown area and yeah. kind of the heart of West Bend, uh, the river runs right through West Bend and that's how the city got its name even, uh, by being, having a bend in the river there. Um, you know, all the essential stores really that you need. There's a sporting goods store, there's a Kohl's department store, there's grocery store, you know. So the, by being a, a business owner at a young age in this community, it really, I, I wanted to adopt it as my own. I wanted to be somebody that was important in this community. So for one, so people came to my restaurant. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wanted people to look at that is a positive thing. And I wanted to be a positive, you know, make positive impact in the community. So one of the first things that I did that I, that I even didn't even know was a thing, but they have a, like a downtown association, mm -hmm. right? So they presented, they brought a folder in and said, Hey, become part of the downtown association. Well, it's a downtown association. Well, it's a school of businesses. We're all collectively here together and we support each other and we try to drive business down here so that we all win. Mm -hmm. Like, well, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> to this idea, yeah. you know, just, I was naive and, yeah. and just did not understanding that all of these beautiful, perfect things are already in place and I just need to plug in mm -hmm. and be a part of it. Uh, so by being a part of the downtown association it was really one of the things that first got me even to the understanding that there is a way to connect with your community, to connect with your neighbors, to be, make really good impact. Um, if, if you're doing it for the right reasons. Right. Right. And I'm, like I said before, I'm sure through that, like you formed a lot of really strong relationships with other business owners, with patrons of of your restaurant um and those relationships kind of i mean it's like any neighborhood right like it's just at a city or you know a, a, a bigger scale it's a whole town or in this case a downtown you you care for your neighbors you know maybe you're not like best friends with everybody mm -hmm. but you look out for who's looking out for you 
and uh and that's what forms that kind of like that community feeling and and then for someone like you i'm guessing which i know we'll get into in, in just a moment like there are people who kind of feel that really strongly and want to do things to make it even better you know give back in certain ways and um and i think it's safe to say that you've you've done that with the hometown foundation and homegrown music but before we get into that i'm curious about just kind of your backstory as it relates to music and and what your draw is to music um you know did you did just have you always been a music lover like kind of what was your inspiration or the influences um you know in your life to this point that have kind of positioned music as something in your life that you want to you know give your time and attention to whether it's you're just consuming it on your own or in this case you know with the homegrown with the homegrown music like actually spotlighting you know different independent musicians and and helping kind of create a platform for others to uh to to be exposed to them and to learn about them and to support them so just kind of take me back through like sure. how music is 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 such a big part of your life and you know i i would i'll be the first to admit music probably isn't as important in my life okay. as it is for many of your other guests maybe even yourself included gotcha some people live and breathe eat and sleep music mm -hmm. right from the moment they wake up to the moment they crash at the end of the mm -hmm. day because they're so spent from dealing with music and the creative side of that or the the driving force of that is is powerful but i think it isn't is cool that we touched on the fact that i moved to west bend to have a restaurant because i will mention one of the reasons okay uh, in this little story about music uh, and it involves the restaurant. But when I was, I think when I was a kid, you know, everybody, yeah, I would don't want to say everybody is a blanket statement, but for the most part, everybody has an early childhood musical influence of some sort. There's nursery rhymes, there's school songs that you sing together collectively. And then you start getting into your parents collection their influences when their friends are over what music is being played what music's being played in the radio when you're in the car going from one place to another what tapes do they have what albums do they have and then you start having friends in school and you discover pop music things that you know are more current um so you're you've all within 10 years you've got this huge catalog of stuff already to to base your 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 likes and dislikes on and i think for me my my father was i don't think he he didn't own any music when i was growing up okay i think by the time he and my mom had gotten married he had i don't want to say given up on music but he had more that he had, he had work to do. Sure, he didn't have time for music anymore. Um, but my mom liked old things, you know, John Prine and the Beatles and old classic folk music, Crosby, Stills and Ash and Young, um, all the sixties and seventies, you know, standard stuff. Um, but not really pop stuff, you know. So I I always veered away from that. I liked I liked the the art, the original artists, the the guys who sat on the edge of their bed and wrote their songs playing the guitar while they were strumming it and that i think influences my even today my musical taste 
However, when I got to high school, for some reason, rap and hip hop were the only thing that ruled me and my friend's world. Sure. We had the speakers in the cars that were bigger than they needed to be, louder than they needed to be, amps to make them even louder. The more vulgar, the more upsetting it was to my parents. And yeah, I was like, rebellious. Rebel, rebel. This is perfect. Yeah. You know, and and they uh, they pretty much took it in stride. You know, they didn't, it wasn't a, a, a necessarily a fight. It was them rolling their eyes at me and saying, you're, one day you'll learn. Yeah. <laughs> but for, I would say, probably the entire high school time, four years, it was rap and hip hop. I can, I can sing any, I can name artists mm -hmm. and sing songs from that whole time for mm -hmm. Um, when I got to college, I had a roommate who was the two roommates who were severely into grateful dead and fish. Okay. Okay. Um, along with that came some more of the mellow, stuff like John Denver was in there every now and again. And so I started reevaluating my musical mm -hmm. tastes again. And so from rap and hip hop, all right, let's see this relax more, a little bit more relaxing music and not so aggressive. And so I'm still juggling all this stuff and we go to this restaurant in Okachi and then we end up in West Bend with our own restaurant and it, and the guy who was my business partner and he still owns a restaurant now in Sheboygan, actually, um, he was always in a band. He was a musician. He was a great guitar player, still is a great guitar player. And he had a guitar in our office always. He never played it. It was just there in the office. And one night after a, a long shift, at, you know, we're working and then the kitchen cleaned up. I walk into the office and one of our dishwashers is in there playing his guitar and there's a playing my, my partner's guitar in the office. And there's three girls sitting around just ooing and ah at him. And I'm like, you kidding me? The dishwasher's got three girls in the office ooing and on at him and his guitar playing skills. That's, That's it. Yeah. I'm learning to play the guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that, that was it. I said, if all I can do is play around a campfire, three songs and every time a guitar is passed to me and I can play a song, I'm happy. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Yeah. So you, so you picked it up and you, yeah. you learned, learned. How, what was that process like? It was brutal. I'm sure. Yeah. I they were only getting to hire out a hundred times. And I had another good buddy who uh, said he would teach me. He's like, I'm not a music teacher, so we'll go slow and I'll try to show you. And I remember telling him, my, my fingers don't bend that way. Right. Not yet. Yeah. He said, yeah, that's exactly what he said. He said, not yet. And I'm like, no, no, they, they don't. Yeah. I was, well, then you're not going to ever play guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like. No, I am. I'm playing guitar. That was, yeah, no, no, yeah. So, and I, I, you know, to, so today I can, you know, I was in a, a little band, a little fun band, and cool. Um, I can play it. I can play some guitar. I'm by no means good, mm -hmm. um, but I can manage a couple songs if I need to. And that's awesome. Um, 
yeah so that's that's the journey of my musical experience from nursery rhymes to hip-hop to barely being able to play uh, a guitar on the campfire well hey man that's a lot more than a lot of people can say <laughs> you know i've got one of those uh guitars sitting in my closet which i i played a little bit in high school um and then uh during the pandemic i picked it up again you know we all had a bunch of time on our hands yeah. And uh, and then word picked up, and I just got too busy. And I look at it every day in my closet. I'm like, one of these days, you know, I'm gonna pick it back up. And with as much time as I spend with musicians, they always ask, like, do you play? And I was like, I wish I did, you know. And they're like, oh, I can teach you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but the time that you have to put it into it is design for sure. And I guess I just like to spend the time that I have um, to focus on music, on like, you know, creating. A platform for other musicians versus like trying to create my own and um for me it's just the experience of consuming live music um has been more fulfilling than you know my desire to create live music um i think that's important though yeah. if, like if everybody in the entire world was a, a guitar player and there was nobody there to talk about guitar players mm -hmm we would be no further ahead so right thank you for doing what you do as well and having the passion that you do for what yeah well i i, I it feels weird to say you're welcome because it's just like it, it seems that sometimes it seems like kind of a selfish thing because i just like love music so much but um, i also just love connecting people and making sure other people know about the music that i love yeah um which is most music um so you know i guess i'll 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 try to accept that compliment. Absolutely. Focus on playing guitar either. Because yeah. I've got other other things to do in the music world as well. I sure playing guitar, I've I've accomplished my goal. Yeah. I can play my three songs around a fire. I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm not gonna sit and beat my head against the wall thinking that I'm gonna be a touring artist when I've got two small kids at home and another great wife. Right. You know, I'm not right. gonna play shows every Friday and Saturday night. So what would be the point of me? continuing to try to become a musician mm -hmm. let me let me use my skills and focus my energy elsewhere to help uh and be a part of the music industry in some fashion yeah yeah so let's let's go on to that then like so you started the hometown foundation and what, what year was that we filed for official status nonprofit status in 2019. okay but but the festival itself, Homegrown Music Festival, has been going on much longer. Yeah, in 2015 we started the Homegrown Music Festival. Okay, do you have one moment for a story? Absolutely. Yeah, man. I'm gonna ask like, why did you start it? What was the inspiration behind it? What were you trying to accomplish? That type of stuff. Yeah, totally. And it's one of those things that after you know, you think about it for a while. In in when I do it, when I'm like thinking back on how it all started, I'm like, well, of course. Of course, that's how it would have started. Sure. <laughs> I was in a band um, and still am kind of just, it's a little fun group. I'm in this uh, writing group. We're called Mead Lakes Most Wanted. And twice a year we go to a cottage in northern Wisconsin. And our, our mission has always been to just be good brothers to each other. Mm. Good, be good human beings. And whatever comes out of it, comes out of it. A lot of the times we decide that we're going to do uh, dedicate three or four days to writing short stories or poetry or doing art, um, photography. And one year prior to going, we're all talking about what we think we should do when we're up there during that week. 
and everyone had projects. And I said, I think I'd like to write a song. And they, everyone looked at me like I had six eyes. Huh. Like, what, what do you mean? write a So you don't, you don't play an instrument. How are you going to write a song? You don't know anything about anything. Yeah. 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 You know? And I'm like, well, what do you know? I don't know how to write a song. I'm not helping you write a song. Mm -hmm. What do you know? Mm -hmm. And it went around the whole table. Nobody knew how to write a song. And it dawned on us right then. You darn right. That's what we're doing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. One guy could play guitar. Okay. That's literally it. We have one guy who played guitar when he was in the army and he kind of had it, always had a guitar. And so we did it. We tried to write, we, we started there. And then after that year, we never went back to writing poetry. Okay. We strictly did music. One guy learned to play the bass. I learned to play like a slide guitar or a lab steel. Oh, cool. We had a pianist and a vocal. He was our vocalist, a guy who could play some keyboard, took lessons, took vocal lessons, everything. A guy who was kind of a multi-instrumentalist could play the banjo, mandolin, uh, kazoo, yeah, instrument, yeah. But we all kind of dedicated to learning to become a band, mm-hmm. and that's what we we're going to do. We we're all going to learn an instrument and be participating in this collectively because this was powerful to us. Yeah, this was something we could collectively do rather than sitting around the table and writing individual poems or writing individual stories or anything. We could sit together and do this yeah and it was super cool i bet man that's awesome and so this is maybe 2011 okay okay just setting the time frame for this um so we had continued to do this 2012 2013 two times a year we're going up we're hauling all our gear we're super pumped we're tough we're calling ourselves a band rather than a writing group yeah you know we had we recorded a lot of stuff. I was in, I'm always involved in the community still at this point. So I'm on board of directors for different things. I'm on visionary committees for different things in the community by this point. I'm at a fundraiser at uh, Moraine Park in West Bend. And one of the auction items was a day at Regner Park. And there was no names no dollar values on it. I would have been the first person to write minimum bid $70. Mm-hmm. Mike Christian, $75. Mm-hmm. Nobody else bid on it all night long. Oh, wow. So in 2014, I was the winner of a day at Regner Park for $75. I went back to my band in quotes. Mm-hmm. Did the band have a name at this time? We were just called Mead Lakes Most Wanted. Mead Lakes Most Wanted. That's okay. what we were. That was our writing group name, and that's what we that's what we just decided to roll with with our band name. So, guys, I just won us a day at Regner Park on the Silver Lining stage. We can use all of the pavilions. We can use all the picnic tables. How about we play live? In public. Mm-hmm. And they looked at you like, yeah, such What? Yeah. After some contemplation, everything started turning to smiles. Okay. They were like, yeah, this, this could be cool. Like we could, 
we could set up all our gear on the stage. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. we can hire a sound tech if we want. And we can have big speakers and everything. We can have beer. Yeah. We can have a grill going. We can invite whoever we want mm-hmm. to come and watch. It doesn't, we can just be public. Whoever's in the park can see it. Yeah. And there's no, 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 no boundaries. And one of the guys said, well, why don't we invite another band so mm-hmm. that we can sit and watch a band to and drink beer and eat brass? So, yeah, it's a pretty good idea, isn't it? Well, if we're going to invite one, why don't we invite five? Yeah. 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 Why don't we? Yeah. Why don't we? I'm on the board of directors at the Historical Society at this time. Why don't we turn this into a fundraiser for the Washington County Historical Society? We'll have six bands. We'll grill out. We'll take, we'll, we'll give away beer and soda and water and just take free will donations. Yeah. Let's do it. That's awesome. That was the 2015 homegrown music festival. The very first one. Gotcha. And that's how it operated. How did you, that's an amazing story. I love how, you know, when things like, like this come, you know, they have like a, the foundation of like this kind of organic, just kind of serendipitous kind of. It, uh, that's the word. I keep forgetting the word. It's yeah. serendipity though. That yeah. is totally the word. How did you land on the name? The homegrown. I, that, I don't know. There was, there was a, some backlash originally because it had a connotation with marijuana mm-hmm. or whatever. Sure. And I, it, to me, it just felt, uh, um, it just felt right. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know why I, because, oh, because it was, we wanted to focus on Wisconsin based original music. Okay. Guy. So it was locally, our tagline is locally farmed musicians festival. Gotcha. Right. So that's what we put right under the word homegrown. Yeah. A locally farmed musicians festival. Love that. And it was right in that time where everything was locally farmed, locally grown, farm to table. Mm -hmm. Everything was that. So I think I was just riding that. Gotcha. That kind of wave at the time. Um, And that's, and then it sucked. So then we needed, I needed an image. Mm-hmm. So I had a name. I, I sent the, the got a, a buddy who works for a ad agency down here in Milwaukee. He's in, in mid, mid lakes, most wanted with us. And I said, do you got it? Do you got a guy who can illustrate an image for us? Mm-hmm. Yep. You bet I do. He said, and, um, he said, it's, this guy's pretty cool. Um, he's done posters for Dave Matthews band, Chris Stapleton. Um, he just listed off all these bands that he did posters for. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of, well, this can't be expensive though. Cause I got very, very limited budget and then I'll shoot it over to him. He'll, he'll come up with something for you. Cool. And without any poking or prodding or direction, this is the, the chicken is what he sent me. Yeah. With the microphone. With the microphone. Yeah. All I gave him was the word homegrown. Mm-hmm. And that's what he sent me. And I'm like, that'll do. Yeah, that's great. Why, how, how am I going to improve on that? What, what am I going to say? That that's not good? Yeah. And, and if it's not, 
I don't care. It's beautiful. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. So what was it like? I mean, at this point, you're you're going to host a music festival. I don't know if you'd ever done anything large scale like this before in terms of event production or if you had any experience, um, you know, handling the, you know, the, the booking side of the music industry, um, like were you just kind of, kind of jumping in and figuring out as you went along or did you have people to turn to, to kind of help guide you or like, how was that process of going from, Hey, I think we're going to, you know, play, you know, our band is going to play in, at the park to know now we're going to have six bands play and this is going to be a whole thing. Like what was the whole like project development and execution part? Yeah, that's, you know, I, I very rarely even think about that side of things because it just happens so naturally and organically right. that I don't, I didn't have a plan. I had a history in event coordination, okay. you know, being in the restaurant business, sure, sure. you know, we, I was also, I ran a, a golf course for a couple of years. I was a general manager at a golf course. I was okay. a, a event coordinator for a catering company. So I had done large scale events before. I wasn't afraid of the amount mm -hmm. of people or the space or the, the time commitment. It was like you just indicated, I never even thought about it, but how do you start coordinating bands? Mm -hmm. Well, when you love music, you can go see bands. Mm -hmm. And that's, and then we were invited to participate in something at, and, uh, our band was participating in a little small event. It was called winter song, uh, and winter song was started in Madison, but they were trying to reach out to other communities to do similar events. So we were asked to participate in a winter song event. Um, no pay of course, but we didn't care. Sure. Cool. But then we met a couple bands during that time there were six or seven bands there sure so i just started throwing out the idea hey i'm gonna we're gonna have this event coming up this year would you be interested i mean the pay is not gonna be anything but would you help mm -hmm. would you want to play yep yep you bet signing this up so i tapped a few friends and uh tapped a few bands that we liked and then um that was it all of a sudden there were six bands mm -hmm. And, and six bands agreed to like to play for free yeah. to raise money from yeah. the historical society. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It was very, I mean, there was no expectations because I don't, we don't even know. We don't, we haven't even started talking about marketing yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, we, I got a logo. We got bands, beer and a logo. Yeah. 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 So that first year, um, I think we ended up giving the bands a little something, gotcha. a stipend of some sort, but not anywhere near. In fact, I probably owe those bands all a real legit paid gig yet somewhere along the road here. Mm -hmm. I haven't made it up to them yet. Um, but the, really the, the focus was let's, let's go on this awesome stage that is very underutilized in our community and just throw a party. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's again, our, our, we got beer, we got bands and we got a uh, license to do it. Mm, let's yeah. do it. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how was it received? Did uh, really good. West Bend show up? West Bend showing up. We didn't draw a lot from out of the area. I would, wouldn't mm -hmm. imagine, but 
you know, we worked with the local newspaper and of course, the Washington County Historical Society. We worked with the city um, just to try to give us any, any injection that they could, any little support, any love. We want to see as many people out here as we can. We didn't know if it was just going to be a one-time thing or, or one, but um, just throw everything we could at it with the limited resources that we had. And I, I think we always, we kind of go back to saying, well, that first year, there was about three to 400 people there. Okay. That's pretty good. I, we thought that was pretty good too. And then the second year, there was four to 500 people there. Nice. And the third year, there was six to 800 people there. And it just, every year, our confidence step kept growing as the people started showing up. And it was fairly easy for us to see that we were on to something. Yeah. And we were doing something right. Mm -hmm. And it was unique and it was different and it wasn't contrived. It just felt really, really fun Mm -hmm. and really good. And so that's when we started talking seriously about developing into a nonprofit organization of our own Mm -hmm. and getting off the shirt tails of the Washington County Historical Society and, and really developing a game plan for what, what this, what we now call the hometown foundation Mm -hmm. uh, can and will be. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the music festival is one element of what the hometown foundation provides to the Washington County community what was like but it started with the festival so like what came next like i guess what what did the festival inspire um you know beyond just starting the 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 actual nonprofit? what else is is the best or is the foundation kind of focused on and and is music involved in in, in those efforts as well yeah man totally i and it was just reiterated to me today um that we need to tighten up our mission statements actually because the mission statement is supposed to be succinct and to the point and quick and easy for a potential sponsor or supporter to understand. And ours is about five sentences long. And I'll admit that's long for a mission statement. But I was meeting with a supporter this morning, a really nice, a good, generous, huge supporter of ours. And they said, your mission statement is to create uh, opportunities for work-life balance in the community. And he was he was going on, he's like, use these in your mission statement somehow to make it more succinct. But your quality of life, the what you do for quality of life in Washington County is probably more impactful than anybody else is doing for quality of life. Interesting. That's a really nice compliment. I wouldn't say so. Yeah. And I said, yeah, but you get hit up for charities all the time. There's starving children out there. There's, you know, uh, broken families. There's devastation. And he said, those are our problems that we can't necessarily solve. Mm-hmm. We can we can put money towards and support them, which we do. However, what you're doing is preempting problems. You're trying to prevent problems. And, uh, yeah. and I was like, shoot. Yeah. No, it all it, it kinda hit me. Like, yeah. You're right. I'm not I'm not asking you for money because I'm a problem. 
I want to be good stewards of your funding in my community to create positive experiences so that we don't have the negative experiences. Sure. And it, it all kind of laid out on me like, yeah. And that all comes back full circle when I say, when we started our organization, the mission was to create community events. Mission number one, create community events. Two, support Wisconsin-based musicians. Mm -hmm. Three, partner with other nonprofit organizations to create these experiences. Mm -hmm. And then four, give back to the community the funds that you make. Mm -hmm. Completely philanthropic, no salaries, all volunteer. The money that we make all throughout the season somehow gets divvied up into the community at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. I go around with a checkbook and board of directors and instructions. Yeah. And I drop in. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Here you go. So I'm curious why, I've been two questions here. Why, um, why is the mission, the, 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 the first pillar you mentioned to, or I guess the second pillar you mentioned to support local Wisconsin musicians. And, and the second question being, why do you think that music is such an effective tool or avenue for creating community? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good one too. I'm, I'm not sure if I have an answer for the second part of that, okay. but I'll, I'll, I'll weave into it if I can. Um, however, the, the first part of that um, I think that I have gone to enough fire department picnics, church picnics, street dances, whatever event your community is hosting that has the same cover band mm -hmm. that's performed every year for the last 30 years. And if it's not the same cover band, they go by a different name when they show up in a different community. Mm -hmm. The cover bands are what they are for. They're, they are what they are. Mm -hmm. But that is not the be-all, end-all, sure, in my estimation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost upsets me to, to the core when I hear that some of my favorite original musicians have to pay their bills by pretending to be someone else. Right. Yeah. That bothers me to the core. When I see someone like Sam Ness mm -hmm. say, I have to play cover, cover songs to yeah. pay the bills. Yeah. That is so sad because Sam Ness is a wonderful, oh, of course, wonderful musician. I'm not just calling out Sam Ness for any reason, but there is a number of people like him yeah. in this community, in this state mm -hmm. that deserve better than that. Right. That their efforts should be highlighted and they should be paid for their efforts. Absolutely. And that's, that's the thing that's, that keeps motivating me. That's why I don't hire cover bands. If you're on my stage, I don't want you to play a cover song. Mm -hmm. I want you to play your originals. Yeah. We had a band that came and they weren't aware that it was just to be originals. They played a bunch of songs and a lot of originals, but then they started playing some cover songs. And then they played Sweet Caroline. Oh my goodness. My, that was fine. They played, I let them finish and everything. At the end, I expressed my disappointment 
to them. And I said, look, guys, I, I know you're a great original band. Why would you do that? Mm -hmm. You got this audience that I've just given you that wants to hear your originals. Mm -hmm. You compromise that whole opportunity. People leaving that night were like, what was that? Ant? Yeah. Why? That's not what we can go to the main street and hear that. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what we're here for. Yeah. So I, that's why it's a pillar of my mission statement. Totally. That, that is important to me. And I know what it means to be mm -hmm. writing original music. I'm not trying to feed my family with original music. I know I couldn't do that, but I know what it takes to dedicate weeks at a time mm -hmm. to come up with music mm -hmm. and that craft and that artisanship. They, these musicians in Wisconsin that do this mm -hmm. full time mm -hmm. and not as a hobby. Yeah. They, this is their livelihood and I, I want to support that livelihood. Yeah. Mike, I, I, I love, you know, this, that notion because, you know, we, I have this conversation all the time with musicians, the same one that you brought up, you know, like I want to focus on my music, but it's so hard to make money on, you know, doing original shows. And, you know, it seems like I can get more money to, you know, be, you know, the musician that's standing in the corner of the bar next to the dartboard playing, you know, cover songs, Sweet Caroline and, yeah. you know, uh, whatever it may be. Um, and people aren't really even necessarily like watching me, you know, they just want that, those songs to be played live and they don't know who I am. They're not following me on all my social media. Like they have no idea like what's actually behind my music because I'm not playing my music. And it seems, you know, it's, it's frustrating to, to your point of like, when there's not a, um, you know, an appetite in a community for consuming original music. Um, and so I'm curious, you know, how has the Homegrown Music Festival had a ripple effect on the rest of, you know, what the West Bend community or Washington County in terms of, uh, maybe, uh, venues changing their kind of philosophy on, you know, being primarily for original music versus maybe before it was cover music. Um, have you seen even just from the, the music loving community, a shift in perspective and a grown and a grown appetite for original music because of the festival? Like maybe you're not paying attention to that, I guess, but are you sensing anything like that? Yeah. I, I'd have a hard time accepting any credit for any change in that, you know, sea change of any shirt that that doesn't seem like that would be a credit that I could take. Um, I, I do think, well, one of the great things that we added to our community was we renovated a, an old theater and not we as a community, but there was a group in our community that took the old West Shore theater stuck a ton of money into it to renovate it to its old 1930s version that's all awesome. and it's beautiful so one of, of the things that we talked by and their former general manager talked about was look this is this is the space this is the community space this is where original musicians should be playing mm -hmm. and he's like yeah there's no there is not going to be a but wouldn't I can't put cover bands on this? And I say, yeah, no, there, there's no way that be like sacrilege. Mm -hmm. And so they're had, they've done 
a remarkable job of getting original musicians in there. Even if they're national touring musicians, they're original musicians. So they are, I think they're doing a great job of bringing in that, that bit. They do on occasion tribute band. Sure. A couple, couple year or nights a, a year, they'll, they'll bring a, I think they've had an Eagles tribute band or something like that. Cool. Just for specific fans of that band yeah. or whatever. And that to me is completely different than a cover band. So mm-hmm. I, I love that there's a Stevie Ray Vaughan thing or a, a, it doesn't matter if it's a Grateful Dead or BB King or whoever, you know, if there's somebody who's idolized, uh, idolizing a certain musician and, and really inspired by their music, I think it is cool to pay homage to them and in that sense. So they've done some of that. Uh, they really do a great job with original music. Um, and then the other small venues that we have, um, it's, it's musicians that, um, the venue doesn't mind if they do a couple originals as far as they, they hit the, the yeah. ones that they know their crowd wants to hear. Yeah. Definitely. As far as popular songs. Yeah. So. So I know that there's been, you know, seven now years of the Homegrown Music Festival with, you know, a gap year there for, for 2020, that every festival, every in-person thing. Yeah, I think it was all pretty much shut down then. Uh, and you talked a little bit about how it grew in attendance, you know, over the first few years. Uh, what was attendance like this past year? So we, it's so strange. I don't know. If you're going to get the same answer from everybody, my gut is that you will. 2021 was great. Mm-hmm. 2022 was not. Okay. Um, I don't know if it was the expectation thing. Mm-hmm. Like 2021 was still kind of borderline. Or is it okay? Or mm-hmm. cool? Mm-hmm. But there was so much pent up demand that it didn't matter. Right. People were going to do it regardless. Right. And like. And then 2022 came around and they're like, okay, well, we're back to normal now. And sure. That's not special anymore. And you, you know, you've got too many events going on and they've got too many events going on. And now people are just trying to capitalize on us. I just want to plant my garden or mm-hmm. cut my grass or sure as my kids, whatever it is. But it seemed like there was a ton of options for people in 2022. Mm-hmm. And the oversaturation was was probably a little much. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How has um, like support from the community to put the festival on grown over the years? You know, you didn't have a huge budget, or it didn't sound like you had much budget at all when you started. But yeah. now you, you know, jumping on your website, you've got you know uh, a decent amount of you know corporate supporters and other you know, types of business supporters and things like that. Like. What's that experience been like? Just seeing more support come in to grow the budget to hire, you know, more bands or more well-known bands and just other elements of the festival. What's that been like? It's it's really cool to know that. Well, for I guess going back to the first couple of years, those people who supported us early on are true champions of the community. Sure, they are. I mean, you can't say enough about people who are willing to to put their checkbook behind some random dude's idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, that either I was really good at selling it to them or they believed me than me. Right. And I'd like to say it's a, maybe a little combination of totally. color because you have to be able to persuade or 
you know, paint the picture for what's in your head of what this is going to look like before anybody's going to write a check to you. Mm-hmm. But those people are true champions in, in my mind, and we wouldn't have been able to do any of this without them. Um, so those folks from day one who are participating are are just so excited to see where it's come. It's like watching their little baby grow up. Yeah, or whatever. So over the years. And then there's others who you can still go, I can walk into their business today and they have no idea who I am, no idea what the fest, they've never heard of the music festival. And we're a $40,000 or a 40,000 person community. Mm-hmm. We're not massive. Right. I'm like, you haven't heard of the homegrown music festival yet? This is the eighth year that we're going to do this. No, I can't say that I have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Very well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like, you set fire in your belly to like, yeah. you know, know that there's always someone to yeah, expose absolutely. it to, you know? Yeah, it's surprising though. But then there are other people who are like, look, I've been watching you guys for a number of years. I I was at the event a couple times. I can't wait to write you a check to support you because I think what you're doing is fantastic in, in blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like... Oh, if it was only this easy at all the time, right? You know, right. So I think the climate is really good uh, for us in that case because we have been good stewards of people's funds over the years. We we deliver on our promise. We it's free community events, so anybody can come. Mm-hmm. You know, we do sell beer and food and merchandise, mm-hmm. and then help generate some funding. But you know, you can come and anybody. Anybody can come at any time, just hang out and listen. Yeah. And Homegrown is not just about the festival, although that's where a lot of attention and effort goes, but you 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 put on shows, you know, other shows as well, correct? Yeah. And, you know, the, the you know, the, I guess, explanation of Homegrown that it, you know, it supports local musicians and songwriters in Southeast Wisconsin by providing venues, gigs, sponsors, original music and then you run the annual homegrown festival so tell me about about what homegrown does outside of the festival itself so i think let's switch caps a little bit then because i think we're taught we'll we'll we got to figure out a way to define the hometown of the foundation mm-hmm. which is the umbrella organization mm-hmm. and then homegrown falls under that umbrella uh last year we did 17 events okay and keep in mind, we avoid January, February, March, October, November, December. Yep, so yep. we've got our six months in the middle of summer or the middle of the year that we hammer out 17 events. Okay. We were participating in. Um, one of them was Homegrown. That's our big one day festival at Regner Park. Uh, we did six, we did a Thursday night music series. Okay. Okay. All summer long, 12 of them uh, um, from May to September. Six of them at Regner Park in West Bend, and then six of them at Sandy Knoll Park. It's a county park. Okay. So we alternated weeks. Every week we had a Thursday night event. Uh, we worked with NAMI, which is a, a organization for um, mental illness, essentially. Yep. A lot of times due to, you know, drug and alcohol abuse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we helped them coordinate an event. Okay. The first an annual or first event for them. Um, we've worked with 
this group in the downtown association to pull off what's called Midwest Mom Fest. Okay. And we provide the musicians for that and help with some uh, logistical concepts and ideas for them. Um, and just in general, there's always things. Local coffee shop calls and says, hey, we're looking for a little singer-songwriter. Can you can you recommend somebody mm-hmm. for us to call you up? You bet. Call local venue like the band theater. Yeah. Hey, we got this band coming in from Kansas. Mm-hmm. Here's their name. Look them up. Who should open for them? Yeah. So, so homegrown has just become kind of like the gateway, you know, for the West Bend community to musicians and and venues and things like that. That's really cool. It, it's like a con. I feel like a conduit. A lot yeah, of times. yeah. Or I'm not. I'm not really doing anything. I right. just like kind of how you describe yourself. It's to what you're doing. Yeah. You're you're just introducing people and places. Absolutely. You know, and making those connections. You know? Yeah. Now my wife would disagree. She thinks that I spend a lot of time doing what I do. And I do, you know, there's no doubt there's a lot of work involved. Um, but coordinating and, and delegating is really important, especially as this grows, it, it's going to be important to find good, good people who have a like mind Mm -hmm. and uh, who want to see this really continue because, um, you know, there's going to be a time where I don't want to do, but I hope my board of directors is strong enough and there's somebody willing to step up to, to continue this. So, yeah, that's awesome. I imagine that you've learned quite a bit, um, you know, since the first, since 2014, when you, you know, won a day at Regner park and decided you're going to put on a festival, <laughs> um, in terms of like, like just learning the ins and outs and X's and O's of the music industry, the, you know, the, you know, the licensing and and booking side of that, like, what, what do you think, um, have been the greatest lessons that you've learned doing this, uh, these past eight years now? Well, I don't Lessons, you know, I, I don't feel like I'd ever screwed something up to the point where, oh, I had, I learned a lesson out of it. Sure. 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 It's all very, I want to say pragmatic in my in our approach about you know we 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 hedge our bets a little bit we don't try to go out on a limb too far where we're gonna really screw something up or you know we're we're pretty cautious that way so but what I what I would say is some of the things it's it's like insider information mm-hmm. sort of almost so like industry stuff you know it's not groundbreaking but. You know, treat treat the musician with respect. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. Give them a fair a fair handshake at the end of the day, and and they're gonna they're gonna appreciate your efforts. You put some soda and a cooler and some granola bars in a basket backstage for them. Yeah, that that says a lot. Mm-hmm. That's the, and that's the mutual respect that they're looking for, and that's a, well, that's what I want out of it. I want them to leave my event saying, Hey, that was pretty cool. Right. And that crowd was receptive. Mm-hmm. The, these guys are cultivating a really cool thing here. Yeah. And I don't ever want a musician to leave saying, why in the hell did I agree to do that? Right. Right. So in it, I think the things that I've learned are, 
And I think I knew it even before we started this. It's just mutual respect. It's a common sure humanitarian sort of thing, right? But the uh, any a little extra thing that you can can do to promote the musician to make their life more easy, comfortable. They can pull their vehicle right up to a certain spot rather than having to lug their instruments all over. You got hands there to help them set up their instruments. I mean, it seems commonsensical to me, but there's so many of these folks who go around and they have to be self-sufficient and they struggle and they're carrying stuff and nobody gives a crap that they're even there. And then it comes time to collect the money the manager isn't at the bar who's supposed to write the check. Mm-hmm. And then so it, it's this hassle, right? I don't want it to be a hassle for these musicians. I want it to be fun and easy. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned. I also, I'm not afraid to ask, uh, I'm not afraid to tell people what our budget is for the night. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you can, fine, I'm not asking you to, I don't want you to cut yourself then right you, right you get what you deserve and if i can't afford you that's my problem sure i don't want you to you don't compromise you don't step down to i appreciate that you're willing to mm-hmm. but in, when i build a budget that i can afford you i'm going to call you then definitely yeah you know that's a really great way to approach that because i mean it is often you know i'm somebody like that. I know lots of musicians who are like that. I was like, oh, I really like this cause. I really like the people that are involved with it. So yeah, maybe we'll, you know, we'll take a 50% sure. pay cut, you know, but you know, you, you're, you're living the, you know, the, the slogan of the festival, you know, it's a musician's festival, right? So if it's a musician's festival, it seems as though it's a pretty important part of that for the musicians to be, you know, compensated along the lines of what they're normally compensated mm-hmm. for uh and not you know not take a cut um but it is it is nice to hear that some some bands are are willing to do that though. totally yeah and, but that's that's building relationships then right yeah yeah so i know that if a band cut me a deal one one time when i get the chance to make it back to them mm-hmm. i i'm gonna yeah i am there's no doubt about it now right. to make sure i can make it make it up to them again and give them a bigger venue or a bigger crowd or whatever and pay them more. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what I'm building towards. That's what I'm hoping for. And there's just, I don't know, there's so many, you hear about all the shimmy things in the music industry, the producers who have taken advantage of the musicians, the record labels who have taken advantage of the producers, uh, the retail outlets who are just scrunched up in the middle of it all and they don't have a say in anything and and then the legislations and the you know it just it, it's brutal and the bitter and that's not what music gets mm-hmm. <laughs> music is the opposite of right. all that right and so i'm i'm not going to contribute to to that other yeah, when you bring money and business into something, you know, it can go one of two ways. It can, you know, kind of stay um, the integrity of the of the cause or the purpose of whatever, whatever it is you're doing can stay kind of forefront or, you know, you know, the money and the business side of it can kind of take over. And that's where you get some, you know, how do I say, like, it's just, I don't want to say like, corruption seems like a strong word, but just kind of manipulating and, you know, and yeah. things like that, you know. Greed is, yeah. is really a, a, a word that I think 
takes hold of people when they even they don't even expect it mm-hmm. they didn't expect it yeah it happens to bands even yep totally. just different musicians and band members take things differently and so as far as i'm concerned we're all in this together mm-hmm. and if one starts messing up you know he's there peeing in the soup yeah and the yeah. soup's not good for anybody definitely yeah yeah mike we were talking before we started recording here just like um how you know you envision this as something that can be done anywhere you know and and do i mean there's a you know dozens of of towns and small cities the size of west bend in wisconsin alone but you know throughout the country for for sure you know what what advice do you have for for someone who may you know listen to this episode or or see what's what's been done what's been created with the homegrown festival um for doing something like that in their own town like where do they start who what do they or should they be focused on how do they go about doing whatever it is that you did even though it may seem like to you that it just kind of all happened so so fast there had to have been some intentionality in that that you could maybe reflect on and, and share with others i i think so and i you know obviously there is no there's no cookie cutter way to do it right i can't i can't just hand you a pamphlet or a packet and say all right nick here's the golden ticket this is all you need and this will do it for you but i do think there there has to be a a few things in your favor first of all and i appreciate what wisconsin music ventures was doing for a long time finding open spaces to to just create music or put music in spots where very rarely was it expected to be there yeah that's just such a cool opportunity so i think identifying first some some locations is good and then just sitting there and visualizing it mm-hmm. sit in that space all by yourself and and feel what what that room or that um, park might look and sound like with people in it and a musician playing in it and if it really speaks to you and makes sense um i think your your direction after that is to find a like-minded person sure and at the end of the day i this is not this interview is with me today between you and i mm-hmm. but I, this doesn't happen without hundreds yeah. of people who are really excited about what i what i you know dropped into the community mm-hmm. so this is not this is not the mike christian show this is the this is the homegrown hometown foundation and that is a lot of people who don't even want recognition a lot of times yeah but my advice is to find find somebody that you can brainstorm with drop ideas on throw stuff against the wall and and really really visualize what what the whole what your purpose of it is yeah yeah you know it's not it, it can't just be well our, our community needs music so i'm gonna put music in mm-hmm. you got to have a vibrant reason and a and a theory behind it and a, and a game it doesn't have to be pragmatic to the point where it's black and white all the way through but have a have a good, good game plan yeah so what is um you know not to put you on the spot here but like what's your What's your pitch, you know, when, when you're going out and maybe engaging with a new potential donor, 
like how do you get them energized and enthusiastic and, and enthused to 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 support you know the homegrown music festival what is that purpose and and what impact do you feel like this festival is is aiming to make um in in, in washington county and in west bend like maybe it kind of goes back to the question i had asked before like why do you think that music is such an uh, a valuable did i like, avoid that no it's okay yeah, no, because i didn't have an answer for it right, you know, right i don't i don't know what that is but okay so let's talk about going to find support for your event right when i first started because i was a business owner in my community I had sat on board of directors for different organizations. I had sat on committees for the city of West Bend. I had worked another job that was not high profile, but I saw a lot of people. It was a retail situation and I saw a lot of the community through that retail opportunity and had a chance to, as the manager of that store, I could interact with them and learn more about people, learn who they were, you know, and, and what they did. Um, it's to me it was about having developed those relationships over the years that I didn't realize that at the time, why I was concerned about developing those relationships. But when it came time to start looking for funding, mm-hmm. I had people to tap. Yep. And I hadn't pissed anybody off mm-hmm. in those 15 years leading up to that. And I was always responsible and respectful. And, um, so in, I could approach them with an honest open arm and say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Would you be interested in supporting something like that? Mm-hmm. And that, not because I want to make money off of it, but because I think this is good for the community. Mm-hmm. So if you can bend the ear of a few close, good contacts who have either influence or capital, mm-hmm. that that helps yeah. a lot. Yeah. I'm not saying that's the only way to do it, but in my case, had I not had some warm contacts right off the bat, I probably wouldn't be here today. Yeah. I can involve it. Right. Yeah. So the key piece of that advice, you know, and I come hundred percent agree with you, maybe not the only way to do it, but it's the way that I've utilized too. Uh, the key piece of the advice there being, you know, develop the relationships first before you go and ask for, you know, some mm-hmm. sort of contribution or support of this idea that you have, because I mean, it seems like you and I have a very similar approach. It's easier to develop a relationship, you know, that's that's authentic. There's no attached. when there's yeah. no agenda. There's right. no like transaction in your mind that you're that you're hoping to to complete. You know, you put the time in because you enjoy, you know, their company. You support what they're doing. You know, and you show support for what they're doing. You express, you know, your your support of their cause. Um, and then, then maybe, you know, down the road when you do have something that you'd like, you know, to ask for, um, it's not just a, a transactional kind of, um, you know, conversation. It's, and it's not necessarily like a, Hey, I've supported you for no six yeah, years. Exactly. Now it's your yeah, turn. It's about no. this give and take, but, but I can tell you, it's a lot easier that when you're out in public 
at an event or at a bar and restaurant, you run into someone that you are acquaintances with even, and hey, how's it going? How's it going? What are you up to? What are you up to? You know what? I'm thinking about starting this thing, and I don't want to take up a lot of your time here tonight, mm-hmm. but I just want to plant a seed. And if you would consider helping help in this cause, or if you think this is in your wheelhouse and this fits your public, you know, what you want to do to represent either your company or yourself, let, let's talk. Totally. Yeah. And if not, no big deal. Cheers. Have yeah. a good night. Enjoy your dinner. We'll see you later. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, so I get caught up uh, sometimes when people talk about privilege and I don't want to go down this road too much, but it's to me, it's not about privilege. I grew up from what I consider having nothing, but that doesn't pale in comparison to other people. I'm not making, you know, any sort of commentary that way, but what I've learned is being a, a, a good hearted, hardworking, responsible person opens up more doors than anything that you could ever, ever pay for mm-hmm. or in any other way think that it comes to you. Yeah. And I think that the way that this has all happened for me, if I were to be honest with myself and look back at it retroactively, I didn't know this was going to happen yeah. uh, until 2014 when it started happening. Mm-hmm. But I had all of these other things that for some reason I hadn't in my mind done okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't screw anything up at that point. So when it came time and again, not everybody's in that situation, but have, have a good compelling, uh, uh, reason to ask people to support you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Plain and simple, but have those relationships, uh, you know, kind of set beforehand and it's, it, be, it will be a lot easier. It's a lot easier. Yeah. And I, again, I, I don't, you know, not everybody has the ability to, to be a, a socialite. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, I love going out and talking with people and, and doing that sort of thing and, and brainstorming and just talking and it's building new mouse traps all the time. I, I love all that. Yeah. You know, same here, man. The contemplation of it is exciting. The education is great. And so I'm not, I'm not afraid to talk with people or, or throw out stupid ideas. I, my wife will tell you that I come up with a bunch of them every week. Uh, yeah. I love that. We should, uh, we, 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 we could, we could fill a whole other podcast. Stupid I got my fair share of them as well. So let, let's, let's look, look ahead here. Um, you know, the festival, uh, it happens with the second weekend of July every year. Looks yeah. Like. Yep. Um, and so looking, you know, but looking ahead to 2023, I mean, you had a hell of a lineup in 2022, a lot of, a lot of bands on that bill that, um, you know, I've sometimes drive, you know, a couple hours to see just them, you know, but to have them all on, on, on one stage over the course of one day is really, really amazing. So, you know, what's in store for 2023. And I don't know if, if, uh, if you're at liberty to share, um, if you have anybody booked yet or anything like that, but, you know, looking ahead to 2023, um, you know, what are you excited about? Are you trying anything new this year? Anything you want to let, kind of let listeners know about um, what to expect from this year's festival would be awesome. Sure. And I, you know, I don't, 
my marketing director is going to kill me, but I, I will tell you who's on, on the docket for Homegrown this year. We haven't released it yet. Oh, uh, so we got the scoop here. You will, you'll get the official scoop. Um, and it's mostly because it, you know, if our marketing efforts are going to be right there. And if this all of a sudden, for some reason, I don't think it's going to drive 5,000 people to listen to this podcast. Great. Yeah, well, we'd let that. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't think it's gonna, so I don't think it matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what we decided this year is we were just talking about last year and how we stretched ourselves out there in 17 events and essentially 22 weeks or whatever. And it was, it's a lot. Yeah, sure. You know, what we decided was this year we are going to focus. Uh, a little bit more on full day events. Okay. So instead of just the one full day event homegrown, we're going to have three full day events. Oh, cool. This year. Um, one in March, uh, I'm sorry, May is going to be a blues festival. All right. The one in July in the center of summer is the original homegrown. Mm -hmm. And then the one in late September is going to be a bluegrass. Oh, that's so gosh. Yes. All right. Great. So we're spreading out the year with three large full scale events. Um, spattered in the middle of summer then is going to be, uh, we're going to continue our Thursday night music series, but it's going to be one Thursday a month. Okay. Gotcha. So we're just one a month at Rainer Park. And so there'll be four. Thursday night's music series events, and then our three big events. Gotcha. All, all uh, full day events. Cool. Yeah. We're excited. We think the transition to uh, a little bit bigger full scale events is going to suit us well. Sure. I mean, he's, he's got to set everything up anyway. Right. For every, you may as well let it set up for eight hours, right? And then just let it set up for four hours, yeah. right? Yeah, so the logistics standpoint yeah. seems to make more sense. Yeah. So we're we're cutting a few events dates off of our calendar, but I, we think we're creating more impactful events. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and um, higher quality than higher quantity. Exactly. Yeah, and that would be our focus as well. And from a number of different perspectives that we've heard, um, that probably is the right way to go. Yeah. So will the will the the, the two festivals or one day events that sandwiched the original homegrown festival will those have like the homegrown brand as well? It'll just be like the homegrown blues festival and the homegrown exactly. festival. Yep, yep. And we may come up with some clever slogans or something in cool. there, but essentially, uh, um, I I can't share it with you because it's not quite finished. But uh, the chicken that you see on our logo mm -hmm. um, for the blues one, uh, we kept the microphone, but he's got a fedora and glasses okay. on and then uh sideburns all right all right and so that's his, that's our blues one we haven't figured out the bluegrass one yet but um there might be a banjo involved or yeah lanterns yeah. and you know or stand up a bright bass we don't know but so we are keeping the chicken we are keeping the homegrown branding uh for those three the full day festivals Correct. and then our, our thursday night series is more of a community thing and we, we just call that Regner rocks gotcha cool right uh any any how, how is the booking going is it is it going well good yeah um we i've had uh four 
since the beginning of homegrown uh one of my really good buddies he's also in mead lakes most wanted um steve baker who's a great musician himself um he has been curating the lineup gotcha for a homegrown gotcha every year and i entrust him to do it he's never failed me mm -hmm. so I essentially i give him a budget at the beginning and you know he starts filtering through things I'll, I'll throw him some suggestions we listen to a lot of music together and kind of talk our way through it we look at profiles on facebook mm -hmm. and twitter and is this band touring do they have an album coming out and you know who who makes the most sense and then we because it's not genre specific we we try to feel out who if this is our band that we really want, how do we build around them? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that there's iterations of the whole process starting in August, sure. September, October looks completely different than it did. No, I should have thought it in that. November, December, it starts getting tidier and tidier. And by January, we start sending out contracts and gotcha. stuff. So. Cool. Um, Steve Baker has indicated to me that he has got a lineup selected for um, 2023. Let me see if I have it all here. Oh, oh there. I'm going to leave one out. How's that? Just kind of, uh, not the full scoop, but we'll yeah. get some of it. I have, um, I do have the last one, but I'm like, I'm going to leave that suspenseful then. I like it. I'll give you the, I'll give you the majority of it. And that this is in no order whatsoever. Okay. Not order of appearance, appearance or how we locked him into place, but long mama. Okay. Yeah. Feed the dog and high and rising Genevieve Hayward. Yeah. Too sick. Charlie and mortgage Freeman. Okay. Yeah. I'm familiar with all those meds. I just, uh, it was just that Feed the Dogs Festival I danced this past night in the uh, uh, not Rippin uh, Spring Lake or Green Lake Green Lake Green Lake yeah, yeah. the Rippin at Heidel House at the Heidel House they've been doing some great things in Wisconsin and you know every year we try to really have a premier mm -hmm. what we would consider like a, a bluegrass band or whatever mm -hmm. Chicken Wire Empire yeah. has been there um, of course Big Deep and mm -hmm. uh, them Cooley Boys yeah all crowd yeah and we've had we've had some really great um bands first especially bluegrass bands they do draw a big crowd um so we're we're happy about this lineup this year and like i said there's one one more in there that we didn't reveal today but um be on the lookout yeah. listeners look out you got a little bit of the scoop but uh the 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 date of this year's uh festival july 9 july 9 yeah okay. it's sunday it's always the sunday following the fourth of july gotcha and then do you have a date for the for the other two the blues yeah, we do. the bluegrass uh, blues is may 21 okay and then bluegrass is september 24. okay and they're all three be it right or part nah, not actually okay uh, sorry i'm throwing more monkey wrenches that's okay man um the the uh, two offshoot ones the two new ones are going to be actually held at the foundry 45 okay Wascom. now you probably aren't familiar, but Foundry 45 is a new, it's a renovated old wedding hall, okay. hall essentially. It was called the Amaran, and there was a staple in Kiwastum for 
50 years I mean, everybody got married at, and got the, um, at the Amaran. This group of people came in and put, I have no idea how much money into it, but it is beautiful. If, if it doesn't become the premier wedding venue in Washington County in the next two years, we we've lost our scruples because okay. this place has got everything. It's beautiful. It's affordable. It's unbelievable. Inside that they have in their main hall, uh, a stage that's got state of the art sound and light. It's meant for nice big productions. And then right outside their double huge garage door openings to their back area. There's another outdoor space with a great stage and space for probably 500 people right there. So we are partnering with the Foundry 45 to run these two other events, the Ernest and the Bluegrass Festival. Um, so we're taking it off location a little bit, but we really are excited for them for the amount of work and effort they put into this place. So I I want to help put them on the map yeah. a little bit. Um and the fact that they're huge music junkies makes it easy to want to partner with them mm-hmm. or something like this. And the idea that I also don't have to sweat about, is it going to rain today? Right. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. we've got an indoor option. Yeah. You know, so that is critical. That is pretty critical in an event coordinator's mind where if you're dealing with outdoor festivals, mm-hmm. I mean, you just you never rest easy on right. other, right. You know, right. so yeah. knowing that we have an indoor option makes my life a little bit easier. So I'm excited about this, these two new prospect, uh, events. Yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to them both. I'm going to try to get to all three. <laughs> nice. I'm almost certain that the community, uh, appreciates what you and the team of hundreds of other people are, are working on to, to kind of, like you said, create community through these music, you know, infused events. Where can people like learn more? Where where do you where do you want to direct them to uh, to go see when the lineup's like officially announced and where they're going to find out who the other you know, you know what the other band is saying? Yeah, and and is it all in the same place for the all, all three festivals and all the events? Just where where can people find you? It, the you know obviously we there is some cross branding and interpromotional stuff with all everything. So our main hub is. Uh, www.hometown.foundation. Okay. Okay. That's kind of, and it's kind of a goofy one because it's not a dot com, it's a dot sure. foundation and it's all spelled out hometown.foundation. Um, but you can get there from a number of different ways. There's a, I think, a homegrown music wi.com, um, on social media, Facebook specifically. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look us up at with homegrown or hometown foundation. Um, so that'll kind of direct you to the main website and that's got all of our, all the hub stuff. Mm-hmm. Our websites, you've been on it. Yep. We offer places to stay, places to shop, you know, businesses that support us. So mm-hmm. we appreciate you supporting them sort of thing. Um, websites got a lot of, a lot of good stuff, old interviews from, uh, musicians that we've had old lineups you can get merch and different posters or whatever from old older events so you know that's really the best way uh to do that there's an opportunity to to drop an email to me mm-hmm. right on the website as well if you have questions or thoughts or 
you ever want to be a vendor, shoot your info to me. Yeah. I, I put you in the database. I can't, we, we decide what sort of genre you fit into. Mm -hmm. We kind of get a, a general price range of what you like to get when you, when you play and, and we put you on the list and, yeah. and we do our best to find a spot for you. Even if it's not at one of our events, one of the, our partner organizations might have an event that they're looking for somebody. So yeah, please send, send your, send your band info to us and, and just start a conversation. We'll see what, how we can make it work. Yeah. And if there are books that are potentially interested in, um, you know, trying to emulate what you've done with homegrown in their community. Are you open to those folks reaching out to you as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I think when we were first talking, even before the interview, you know, one of my, one of my visions early on was that we called it the hometown foundation because not because it's from my hometown, mm -hmm. because it could go in your hometown. Yeah. It can go in anyone's hometown. This, this concept isn't original or specific to West Bend, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. This is something that anybody can do and maybe not on this big of a scale, but you can, you can use the knowledge that I have or the other people that I've learned from. Um, if you want to create a music scene in your community, there are, there are ways and I'm open to talking about it and I'm, there's no consultation fee or anything. Yeah. You just, you call me. I might charge you a beer if we meet up. <laughs> so, um, but I, I do like to talk about it because it, it's my passion. So I, Nick, I really appreciate you taking the time to have me on and, and ask me such good questions and, and really take a deeper dive into some of the stuff that's sometimes I don't even think about. Yeah. Oh, it just kind of in one hand out the other for me and I'm just making it happen. But to, to put some real thought into it, I guess is important. So. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I, I, I admire what you've done, man. Like we both have a love of music and, um, seems like a love of community organizing and you're at the intersection of that. Mm -hmm. So it's been really nice to kind of meet you and, and, and dive into this stuff. I do always end our interviews with the same exact question. Well, can I put one more plug in that? For sure. Absolutely. Thank you to Allison and West Bend or, uh, Wisconsin Music Ventures as well. The work that you guys do just in general is really fantastic. And I love partnering with you. I love your having, uh, the, the musicians, mm -hmm. you know, that you highlight, uh, it, it, you know, I, it's really easy to pick out good musicians when you've done half of the work for sure. Including them on a list, you know, so it's really, really great. What you guys are doing is great. The people that support you have hearts of gold and, you know, your patron list is wonderful. You know, you'll find the hometown foundation on your patron list, but it's a reciprocal relationship. We really appreciate what you're doing. So we want to support you as well. Well, the, the appreciation is, is mutual. We, we thank you for being a supporter of Wisconsin music ventures. And I mean, it, it seems like a no brainer. You're right. You know, we both kind of have similar missions. Uh, with yours being, you know, kind of specific to, to Washington County and West Bend and ours, you know, being around the state and even beyond, you know, helping, um, you know, even independent musicians who are not in Wisconsin thrive when they do come in the yep. you know, and, uh, we, we, we both have a, a kind of an interest that not deaf, not kind of an interest, definitely an interest in helping, uh, Wisconsin kind of become known 
uh, in the country as like one of the best places to be um, an independent musician. So, and I would put our musicians up against anybody in the county. I I'm telling you, I, you know all as well. As yeah, you do. There, there's some real real talent so it's incredible right i tend to just drop this question on people and i i failed to ask you beforehand if you wanted me uh me to tell you before but um since it's about homegrown and, and or west bend um and not so much about yourself maybe it'll be a little easier for you to answer what is the most important thing that you want people listeners of this podcast to know about the hometown foundation or the homegrown music festival or just like the music scene in general in West Bend. What, what, what's the most important thing you want people to know as a result of this interview? And I, it's probably something that people know intuitively already, but they're either afraid to acknowledge it or afraid to say it out loud. But music is important, mm -hmm. and I don't. It doesn't matter if it's just background music that you have, or it's music that you create or it's your outlet to go and sit at a picnic table and listen to it, it, it is everywhere and it impacts your life more than you have any idea. Mm -hmm. It really does. And so I think what I want people to just remember is to stop and smell the roses or listen to the music yeah. every now and again. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that answer, Mike. Thank you so much. And again, appreciate you coming in and, and sitting down with me and and sharing the story of your story as a you know a restaurant owner who's now a <laughs> festival you know leader um and also your story of going from a poetry writer to a songwriter and then just you know how you've infused the west bend community with with this love of music and original music uh you know based on this idea that you had that came from just winning an auction to, to have a day in the park. It's it's a really cool story of the genesis of everything. And I'm huge supporter. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about it with music lovers and uh, musicians that I know um, to try to get them there to either play or just come and support. Yeah, so it's really, really cool, man. Thank you so much. Hell yeah. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for listening to the Musicians Venture Podcast. Please leave ratings and reviews from wherever you're listening from. Check us out online at themusiciansventure.com for more information on what we have happening, to find past episodes, and ways to get in touch with us. Find us on social media at The Musicians Venture on Facebook and Instagram, and at Musician Venture on Twitter. Like and follow us on all those platforms, and hey, while you're there, engage with and share our content with your friends. The Musicians Venture Podcast is hosted by me, Nick O'Brien, with guest host appearances from Allison M. The podcast is produced by Shannon Coulard, with theme music by Mike Neumeyer. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>